Would you all stand for the reading of the word as we look at Psalm 23 today? I want you to read it along with me and be conscious of what you're saying. Believe this in your heart and declare it with your mouth. Make the right kind of declarations over your life every day. From Psalm 23 and verse 1, we'll begin in just a moment as soon as it gets up there. Let's go ahead. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. A rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we come before you this morning not to be entertained. We come to hear from you. Lord, we thank you that this is a worldly free zone And in this place, we are interactive. We are not being entertained. Our faith is active. Our hearts are active. And we thank you that the Holy Spirit is here to reveal knowledge and to reveal truth. Open the eyes of our hearts. Flood our spirits with light. Strengthen every person in here with might by your Holy Spirit in the inner man. And we thank you ahead of time for that which you will say and do in this place In the name above every name, the name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now next week, uh, uh, this is hot off the press. I'm going to make sure that all of you get a copy of this. This is really good. A good friend of mine, Tony Cook, and ours, uh, emailed me this last night about the 23rd Psalm, and I really like it. It talks about the 12 different blessings of the 23rd Psalm. Number one, provision. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Number two, rest. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Number three, peace. He leads me beside troubled waters? No, still waters. Number four, restoration. He restores my soul. Have you experienced his restoration power? You know, I got to thinking when Brenda gave the call for healing this morning of Jeremiah 30, verse 17, where he said, I will restore health unto you, and I will heal you of all of your wounds. Number five, guidance. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, the right paths. He's your good shepherd. Amen? Protection. Brenda and I just experienced his hand of protection. I will fear no evil, for you are with us. Comfort in a time of sorrow. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And then satisfaction. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Then what about this one? Anointing. He anoints our head with oil. That's the healing oil of the Lord. That's the anointing of God, which abides with any every one of you. And then number 10, abundance. He says, my cup's running over. Amen? Number 11, confidence. 
Surely goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. And then number 12 speaks of union. This is where you and I end up. We will dwell. We're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Did you notice that the 23rd Psalm, there's a lot of traveling involved. We're walking here. He's leading us and he's guiding us. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And then we get into that place where the table is prepared for us. Well, you know, you won't get to the table unless you get on the journey. And you're willing to follow and to walk with the good shepherd leading you and guiding you. Amen? Oh, thank you, Father, for the ability to move in him and with him. I love what the message says. You prepare a six-course meal for me. Right in the presence of my enemies. He says, my brimming cup, it's a running over. Look at your neighbor and say, it's running over. Now, what we want to talk a little bit about today before we have communion is this, uh, this principle of that he leads us to the, he makes us lie down into green pastures, not into poisonous pastures. Not into, the, not into the pastures that would harm the sheep, but that will help the sheep. You know, over in New Zealand, they have um, a certain type of grass. It's kind of a bluish tint. And the sheep oftentimes confuse that for good feeding. And they feed on that and they get poisoned. Well, our good shepherd, he knows the terrain. He knows what's out ahead of us. And he knows for the, the right pastures for you and I to feed on. Does he not? Is that right? Or is that right? Now, understand this, that you've got to follow the good shepherd every day of your life. I mean, not just when you get, to tr- get in trouble, not just when things get hard, when things get difficult. We call upon the shepherd, and he's right there. He's so good to guide us and to bring us back. But, you know, once you've received your manifestation, you need to follow him every day of your life. You know, as a pastor, I've seen that. I've seen people on fire for years and years and years. Then something happened, and all of a sudden, you don't see them anymore. It's kind of like they feel like the Lord forsook them. But how many of you know the Lord will never leave us? I said the Lord will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He's a good shepherd, and He's with you all the way. He's for you all the way. And He wants to take care of you all the way to your finish line. Amen? Now, I want you to notice Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. And I want us to read that together because there's some things that your good shepherd has said about you that in turn you can say about him. It's a two-way street. Let's read it with us. Let's read it together. Ready, read. Let your conversation be without covetous and be content with such things as you have. For he has said... I will never leave thee. Now, let's just feed on this for a moment. What has he said? So that I don't have a right to say I feel so alone. I don't have a right to get into a pity party and make wrong declarations over my life and about my life. No, he said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to leave you. And not only am I never going to leave you, I'm not going to leave you without support. I'm not going to leave you without help. 
I'm not only the glory and the lifter of your head. I'm there to strengthen you. I'm there to bring you up out of whatever you're going through. Amen. Now, what has he said? Say it again. I will never leave thee. Okay, so then in turn, look at verse 6. Here's what we say about what he said. Let's say it together. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Say it with me. The Lord's my helper. Therefore, I will not fear. I refuse to fear. My good shepherd hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but the spirit of faith. I've got the spirit of victory. I'm not alone. He's my help. Oh, glory. Glory, 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 glory. Thank God for that. Amen. Now, there's something about sheep in the natural, and it's also true of us as spiritual sheep. Sheep will not lie down when they're agitated. Uh, They won't lie down. Uh, if they've got gnats and, and if they're wolves full of briars, they, they just won't lie down if they're thirsty. Uh, they won't lie down if they're hungry. Sheep will stay put until their shepherd, who oversees them, sees to it that all the flies are gone, all the gnats are gone, and all the briars are out. Well, it's also true of spiritual sheep. You know, when we get agitated and we allow our lives to get worried, when the God of this world flies around us with swirling with lies and all of those things that come to our soul, it's very difficult for us to enter in to rest. But that's what your good shepherd wants to give you. He wants to give you a rest that's way out beyond what this world has to offer you. All the world can offer you for rest is a pill. All the world can offer you for rest is a drink. All the world can offer you for rest is something that is a counterfeit to the rest of Almighty God. There is no rest like the rest that He gives. He told us to come to Him when we're laboring and when we're heavy laden and we're burnt out by religion. He says, if you'll come to me, He said, I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to bring refreshment. And I'm going to bring blessed ease into your soul. So that you no longer have to be agitated. So that you no longer have to be filled with the cares of this life. Know this, the Lord is saying to us today. That I am the overseer and I am the bishop of your soul. And I am the Prince of Peace, and I have a peace that will pass all understanding available for you today. So believe me, says the Lord, and enter in by faith to this glorious rest. Amen? (coughs) Say it with me. I'm entering in this morning to the rest of God. That's what believers do. You know, when you really trust 
and you're really confident in your good shepherd, you don't worry. Because you've put your lives into the capable hand of the good shepherd. That's why he tells us to bring all of our burdens to him. And when we do that, he will sustain us. There's nothing like the rest of God. Now, that doesn't mean our circumstances are going to cease. That doesn't mean the issues that we face are going to be taken care of overnight. We know that logistically and legally, they've been bought and paid for by the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that we're in a process sometimes. But all the time while we're in process, amen, to our destination, we can be resting. Everyone breathe real deep. Ah. Rest in the Lord. Now, don't fall asleep, but rest in the Lord. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 in the message translation, if you would. And let's notice this today. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 30 through 30 in the message translation. This is really good. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Now, I want to stop right there. The Lord Jesus Christ is your shepherd. He's not a taskmaster. Amen? So, are you tired or are you worn out? You're trying to gain his approval by your performance. Stop all that. How many of you have ever gotten burnt out on religion before? And religion is man's search for God. Religion is trying to perform, trying to get to a state of approval. You're already pre-approved. You are pre-approved from before the foundation of the world. You are the accepted and the beloved. Amen. See, the devil's such a reject and such a loser. He's trying to make you feel like him. But you can resist that turkey every time. Are you burned out on religion? Are you burned out trying to pray too much, trying to do this and do that? Here's what the Lord Jesus Christ, your shepherd, says. Son, daughter, just come to me. Get away with me. Draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. And you will recover your life. He says, I will show you how to take a a real rest. I'll show you how to, to take a real rest. Look at verse 29. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Let's say that. The unforced rhythms of grace. Isn't that powerful? I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. The good shepherd doesn't do that. Verse 30. Let's read it together. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live... Freely and lightly. Keep company with me. Become aware of my presence. And you will learn. You will learn to live freely. And you will learn to live lightly. Amen. So in life then, you and I are on a journey, are we not? We're on a journey. Now, how many of you have ever heard of GPS? What does GPS stand for? Global what? Global positioning system, right? Okay. So, 
if you want to get to a destination, the GPS, either on your iPad or your smartphone or your computer, it will say, do you want to use your current location? And you've got to load the information in to where you are and to where you want to go. If you're not loaded with the information, you'll not ever get from where you are to where you want to be. Somebody say amen. Amen. Well, I submit to you this morning, the GPS could also mean God's positioning spirit. God's positioning spirit. Aren't you glad God has positioned his spirit, come on, on the inside of you? And he said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Amen. So wherever you are in your life, whatever your current issues are, wherever you are, you've got to know what your current location is. You've got to determine your present position. How in the world will you ever get to where you want to go If you're not honest about where you are. We need to ask ourselves from time to time, where am I spiritually? Where am I financially? Where am I emotionally? Where's my marriage at? Where's my relationship at? Not be in denial about it. Denial is not faith. Sticking your head in the sand like an ostrich, hiding from the circumstances of life, hiding from debt and waiting for the rapture of the church is not faith. Not having life insurance is not faith. Not having health insurance is not faith. It can be very foolish and it can be very presumptuous. Now I said the other week and I'll say it again. For heaven's sake, get yourself a life insurance policy. It doesn't cost that much. How many of you know we're not going to live forever? I mean, we believe with long life He will satisfy us and He will show us His salvation. Amen? But you don't have to spend an arm and a leg to get 100000 to 500000 to even a million dollars worth of life insurance. You should not be leaving... Your family in a quandary on what to do. Amen. You should be leaving your family an inheritance. And you should be leaving your children's children an inheritance. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. And when all the crying is done at the funeral... And when everybody has cried their tears at the gravesite, and you get back into that hearse or you get back into that car, the tears will be gone. How much Papa leave you? How much Daddy leave you? Come on, guys. I'm preaching to you today. I'm talking to you. Take care of your business. Determine where you're at. God's positioning spirit. You know, what I've noticed, he keeps talking to me even when I get off course. And he will recalculate me. Mark, do a U-turn. He will reroute you if necessary. And he will prompt you along the way. And if you miss a turn... 
He'll help you find the way. But you know, we not only have GPS, we have Siri. And I found out that Siri in the natural realm is, listen, da-da-da-da-da, speech interpretation and recognition interface. Now, isn't that wonderful? But Siri in the spirit means spirit inside revealing information. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I have the spirit inside. And he's revealing to me. Glorious information. If you're lost, he'll recover you. He gives you the best route. He'll keep you on track for your life. He gives you guidance that you need. Isn't that good news? It's not one of these, well, you just never know what the will of the Lord may be for your life. No, you've got 66 books of the will of the Lord. Open it, read it, make sure that you're fully loaded with the information in this word and fully loaded with the Holy Spirit so that when God's positioning system in Siri wants you to take you from your current location, you're loaded with information so that you can get to your destination. Hallelujah. Amen. Give him something to work with. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. But be being filled with the Spirit. Stay loaded. Stay full. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Didn't do any good for some of you. All right. He said, my sheep. They hear my voice, and I know them, and they will follow me. Never, ever say, I can't hear from him. You've got the book. You've got the Spirit inside. You've got the ability to be led by the Spirit of God. So say it real strong with me. I hear his voice. I'm the good shepherd sheep, and I follow him all the days of my life. Here's what you don't want to do. In your current location, never take the good shepherd out of your current location. Never factor him out. Know this and understand this, that he is right there. Stop ignoring him. And invite him into the every day of your life. Let's talk about current location for a moment. I'm talking about the issues that you face and that I face. It might be some health challenges. How many of you ever face some health challenges in your life? You know, you might be waiting for an appointment to, to see the doctor or are you waiting for some tests to come back? You ever been there? Or maybe you have the results and, and uh, the diagnosis. Now you, you might be worrying about the prognosis. Now, I submit to you today. Instead of wasting all that time listening and worrying about the lies of the devil. Come on. And he is a liar. He'll tell you that pain in your side certainly must be a tumor. He will tell you that that whatever it is that in your chest, the heartburn that you're feeling in your chest is surely got to be a heart attack. He will always, listen, he will always present to you the worst case scenario. 
He never will present to you the best case scenario. He will always present to you death. He will always present to you fear. Worrying is meditation on the lies of the devil. Now, friend, you are going to spend your time doing something. You're going to spend your time thinking about something, aren't you? So why not just flip that over instead of worrying on the lies and meditating on the lies of the enemy, start thinking the thoughts of God, start meditating on the good word of God and let it come alive in you. You can do this. You must do it. If you really want to experience peaceful pastures and still places in him, You've got to open the book. Instead of thinking about the diagnosis and the prognosis, whose report will you believe? I'll tell you what report we're going to believe. We're going to believe the report of the Lord. So spend time thinking about, meditating on the promises of God. Listen, here's a few scriptures. Let me just quote them to you. May I? Proverbs 4. He said, my son, attend to my word. Incline thine ear to my sayings. Keep my words in the midst of your heart. Because my words are life to you when you find them. And my words are medicine and they are health to all of your flesh. There is not one thing physically that may be going on in your life that Jehovah Rapha has already not provided divine healing for you. Amen. Amen. Another verse is Joshua 1.8. says this. He says, This book of the law, or the word of God, it will not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that you may do according to all that is written therein. When you do that, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have what? Good success. Meditation is not difficult to do. It's just simply speaking out and thinking the Word of God. Amen? It's not some sort of weird transcendental meditation. I ran into a lot of those weirdos in the 60s. I ran into a lot of weirdos in the 70s. And those guys that were into TM, I'm telling you what, they'd just sit around with their eyes crossed and they'd go, om, om. See them six months later, they're still going, om, om. And nothing's happening in their lives. Their hair is getting longer and they're getting uglier and more gnarly. So that type of meditation, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. That type of meditation is not going to do you any good whatsoever. But this book of the law, blessed is the man who meditates in the word of God day and night and he shall be like a tree. Come on. Planted by the rivers of water. Nothing can shake you. No diagnosis, no prognosis, nothing can shake you because you've got some inside information and you're fully loaded and it's going to take you right to your destination. You believe that? Now, another area is finances. You do know that A lack of money is the number one reason for divorce in this country. 
And it not only impacts the world, but I'm sad to say it impacts the church. You know, you take a look at the economy. It's one day up and it's one way, one way down. And you think to yourself, how in the world am I ever going to make it? You will never make it thinking like that. Here's what you've got to do. You've got to determine in your heart that in spite of the economy, in spite of this, and in spite of that, He is my source. Say it with me. He is my source. He is my provider. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, you just don't understand. I have great debt. Well, what I do understand is this, is you have a greater God. I said, you've got a greater God than greater debt. So here's what you do. You just get some information. You know, if you went to Keith Moore's website, More Life Ministries, he's got free downloads on the area of prosperity, on the area of stewardship for the last 20 years or so. You can download all those messages. You go to Kenneth Copeland's website, you can download free downloads about divine prosperity. It is the will of God for you to prosper. It is the will of God for you to walk in divine health as your soul prospers. There, listen, there's no lack of information in the Word of God and out there in the airways about how to prosper biblically. There's no lack of good, solid stewardship teaching. And I'm not talking about flaky stuff. I'm not talking about things that will bring you down, things that will stick to your ribs and inform you. But just as you're informed spiritually, you need to be informed naturally. I said you need to be informed naturally. You know, there's a great uh, thing called Financial Peace University by David Ramsey. And that teaches people and coaches people how to start right where they are at, what their current location is. And though it might look like something big, he has the ability, him and Burkett, to break things down in bite-sized pieces so that you can get to your place of debt freedom. So I want to encourage you in that. I want to encourage you to be a wise steward. Don't spend every penny that you get. Make sure that you set at least 10 aside, 10% aside for the Lord. Come on, somebody. Don't live on every penny that you get. Put some money into savings. Put some money into some accounts. You're going to need it. He's going to bring you out. He's going to bring you out of, out of debt. And he'll bring you into debt freedom. What about relationships and marriage? You know, Brenda and I have been married 37 years. But you know what? We can use a good dose of good teaching on marriage from time to time. We need to invest in our marriage. We need to invest in our relationships. Amen? It doesn't matter whether you've been married a month or you've been married 50 years. How many of you know that the enemy walks about as a roaring lion? And he wants to devour marriages. He's after your testimony. Come on. And so there's so much awesome information on marriage. That's why we do Coupled Together here. 
That's why we have constant feeding on the subject of marriage. That's why we do midweek services on boundaries, so that you can learn how to take hold of the Word of God and establish boundaries in your life, so that you're not run over by other people, so that your relationships can be strong and healthy. And I know I'm preaching pretty good right now. Arm yourself with information. We as Christians are the light of the world. We as Christians are the salt of the earth. We as Christians should not be walking around with our hands open. Looking for a deal and looking for this and looking for that. Trying to get something out of somebody. I believe that we as Christians ought to be those who are trying to get something to somebody. Come on. Get something to somebody. In other words, be a conduit of the blessings of Almighty God. Say with me, I'm getting informed. My good shepherd is going to lead me right out. And you fill into the blank, and he's leading me right into. So the neat thing about it, he knows right where we are. Let's bring Psalm 23 up again, verse 1 and verse 2. Psalm 30, uh, 23, verse 1 and 2. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in what? In green pastures. Green pastures. Now, you might be going through something today. You might be in a real battle, in a real difficult situation. The good news is this. Your good shepherd's there either to do one of two things. He will either resolve the problem or he will walk you through the problem. He will walk you right through it. Amen? Now, I don't know about you, but I know about me. I can't talk about you much because I don't know that much about you, but I sure know a whole lot about me. And I know in my life... There's been some things that I'd just as soon not have walked through. There's been some challenges come my way that I'd just as soon not had to face. How about you? But you know what? I knew one thing for sure. I knew who to go to. Because I knew and know that he's the way. Matter of fact, I knew and I know that he's already been there before. So I've just simply taken him by the hand. And even though some of these challenges did not get resolved immediately, he was right there taking my, me by hand to walk me through it. Amen. And he will walk you through the valley of the shadow of death. Because he's for you. Amen. And because he loves you. And because he's on your side. I want us to look at Romans chapter 8, and I want us to look at verses uh, 34 through 39, and I want us to notice that in the message translation, if you would. Romans chapter 8, and uh, verse 37, uh, verse 34 through 39, it says, Who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us. Verse 35. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us 
in Christ's love for us? I don't think so. There's no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. Verse 36. They kill us in cold blood because they hate us. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. Verse 37. But none of this faces us. Why? Because Jesus loves us. Now you're having a tendency to wane a little bit in this service. So we're going to read this a couple times together. Say it with me. None of this phases us. We're doing good, class. One more time. Come on. None of this phases us. How, how much stuff phases us? None of it. Verse 38. I'm absolutely convinced, that's confidence, that nothing, I mean nothing living or dead, no angel, no demon, nothing today or nothing tomorrow. Verse 39. High or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our Master, has embraced us. Just lift your hands right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your embrace. Ooh, glory to God. Now, Look at Psalm 13, verse 5. Can you handle just a little bit more? That's about a third of you. Okay, I got the message. <laughs> Psalm 13, 5 from the message translation. This is good. Psalms 13, verse 5 from the message. In light of Romans 8, here's what we do. I've thrown myself headlong into your arms... And I'll tell you what I'm doing today. I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating your rescue. Still another translation says this. He says, I feel like celebrating because you rescued me. You've been good to me, Lord. And I'm going to sing about you. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to sing about you. I'm going to sing from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same because the name of my God is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, we're going to sing in this church. We're going to sing in our home. Amen. We're not going to sing the blues. We're going to sing the good news. Hallelujah. The good news of Jesus Christ that he is alive. And you know what? He's on the throne. Look at Revelation verse chapter 7. Verse 16 and verse 17. A celebration. I tell you, there's cause for a celebration this morning. And that's what communion really is. Did you know that? It's a celebration of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord. In Revelation 7 and verse 16 and verse 17, let's read it together. They will never again be hungry or thirsty they will never be scorched by the heat of the sun. For the Lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of life-giving water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. 
And so here's what we need to know this morning. We need to know that the Lamb seated on the throne has chosen to be our shepherd. He's chosen to be your shepherd. And this choice is not based on your performance. This choice is not based on the color of your skin, your size, your hair color, your background, whether you've been good or bad. This choice that he has made from the foundation of the world is based on the fact that when he hung on Calvary's cross, he looked down the corridors of time and he saw you and he saw me. When he was on the cross, you and I were on his mind. We were on his mind. And he didn't see us as we were. He sees us as we are in him. He saw a day that we'd come to Christ and that we would be made in the image and likeness of Almighty God. He sees us. He loves us. He is our shepherd. So can I just say to you today that you need to line your tongue up with the Word of God? need to stop making those bad declarations over your life. Oh, it's Monday. I always get stuck in traffic. All oh, this job stinks. I'm just nothing. I'm a nobody. That's just garbage. That's not the talk of someone who has Jesus as their good shepherd. But every day of your life, rise up in the morning and say, Thank you, Lord, for another day. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm your workmanship created in you. Thank you, Master, for leading me and guiding me into all the truth for my life this day in the name of Jesus. Do you get anything out of this today? Amen. Say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. Is my shepherd. He, makes me to lie down he makes me to lie down in green pastures.